There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we begin, got to let you know this episode of the Pack Filler Podcast is brought to you by VeloJerseys.com, your source for the finest in retro styles of jerseys, hats, socks, and more all made with the best in modern technology. As they say, the weekly Saturday ride where you sit in the pack, get caught up on the latest, take a flyer and bridge a gap, the solo rides, climbing the local hill, imagining your place next to Eddie or Greg. You know you did that. You know you're one of those people. Okay, maybe it was just me. They understand the supreme effort you put in every day on every ride. Inspiration you felt watching your first Paris-Roubaix race. I think John Tesh did the soundtrack to that one. History is Velo. Velo is now their commitment to design and and to producing the finest cycling clothing so you can ride, climb, and excel in style. They they have dedicated themselves to providing you with the very best materials, quality, and workmanship, along with bringing back the memories of your first heroes. Yeah, you remember those, don't you? Especially if you're old fart like me. With jersey designs featuring the golden era of cycling, such as Multani, T.I. Raleigh, Renault, Lavie Claire, and many others, you can ride in style without breaking the rules. And you know what I'm talking about. they got to be from an old team that's no longer in around. Then you look cool. Check them out at VeloJerseys.com today. And be sure and let them know who sent you. Now let's go to the Pack Filler Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Matt Bulger here. Yeah, this is the Pack Filler Podcast. Um, I am Pat Bolger. Did I already say that? I think I already said that. Another episode. Here we are. Oh, spring is in the air. It's feeling good. President's Day weekend is upon us. I'm recording this on that weekend, and I'm ready to ride. I'm ready to start training. Physical ailments, in case you were wondering, are all going bye-bye. There's a little spring in my step, a little, little happiness in the voice that changes when uh, everything's actually working the way it was intended to. Thank you guys for all the uh, the continued reviews and continued emails and, and notes such as that. Um, please keep them coming. Don't, he- don't hesitate. Uh, you can email us, patrick at packfiller.com. You can do the Facebook or the Twitter should you be so inclined to do that? We also have those, and um, and you know, especially it's 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 interesting. I'm now that I'm 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 finding myself having to become a big boy and deal with occasional bashings on Twitter. The other day, I received one that was, I think I said something about a Stuart O'Grady post, and uh, Stuart came back with something. I, I think it was uh, there were some people writing in in a photo that Stuart posted. 
and one of them was in what very clearly were old school running shorts, you know, those skimpy little ones. And I said, oh, we clearly have a short violation there. You know, just my smart ass, stupid asshole kind of a comment. And Stuart replied to it in the, amongst the well and like, hey, at least they're riding, pal. And he actually said, pal. And um, what I found out about that is is that, and I guess I'm probably becoming fairly hypocritical about it when I say this, was the fact that so many people liked what Stuart said as if it was some sort of a huge dig um, at my expense. And then um, one of his followers in particular had made some sort of a comment about me and about... Um, my my Twitter profile, which is a mashed up picture of Lance Armstrong basically committing every fashion rule violation possible. It's obviously some sort of a makeup picture. I didn't create it, but it was created. And he was he was making fun of me thinking that that was my photo. And I just wanted to, to say to that gentleman, please look a little bit more in depth. Um, I'm uh, I don't do that. And I'm slower and probably fatter than Lance Armstrong. So if, if you're going to slam me, please uh, please do some research and, and do it properly. I prefer that. And you know, that brings me to a little bit of a, a little little my topic, I guess, before we, we jump into the interview. Frank Strack from Velominati.com is going to be on the show today. If you don't know Frank and if you don't know Velominati, um, wow, you got to get over there. You got to get to learning. Um, it, yeah, well, I'll talk about that in a minute. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to, and, and if you'll um, allow me to to speak a little bit about on this topic here, um, let's, let's start with this, okay? Uh, the topic is forgiveness here for me today, okay? Let's start with this, okay? In case you didn't know, I'm, I'm Catholic. Yeah. This past Wednesday, I was one of those goofballs walking around with a black smudge on my forehead. You know those ones. You've, if, if you're not Catholic, you've probably seen them in the grocery store on a specific day, um, Ash Wednesday. I'm one of the goofballs that kind of gives up something for 40 days and becomes a pescatarian on Fridays, those types of things. I do it kind of out of guilt, out of tradition and, and self-discipline, kind of like interval training. <laughs> I also work at a Catholic school. Really, no, I'm, I'm not some... Bible thumper, don't think I'm going to suddenly change on all you guys and get angry because you're swearing. Um, I'm not some full-time event announcing podcasting asshole either. You know, I, I actually attempt to teach kids to get ready for college. Can you believe that? So recently I, I just attended, in fact, I just got back from it when I came down here to record this because this idea popped into my head. I attended a two-day retreat for my job, okay? An annual deal that's actually required attendance. 100 adults sitting in a big old house contemplating methods of dealing with helicopter parents, standardized tests, and in this case, you know, the theme of this was forgiveness, okay? And it got me thinking. I know I said I wouldn't spend every show talking about it, but the immediate thoughts that popped into my head when they all started talking about this was how my sport, my escape, my passion has been dragged and sometimes dragged, you know, continues, I guess, to be dragged through the proverbial shit pond of doping by a small percentage of high-profile assholes. I guess I know what it was like to be a modern-day Republican in that sense. Oh, yeah, it's harsh. Yeah, below the belt, right? These people, this small few for personal gain, have given cycling a black eye that won't go away, if likely ever. I should have probably said they've given cycling some form of VD. Um, so here we are. Now, either shortly after or even years after these people want forgiveness. They want to be forgiven. They want their wins, their money, their broadcasting gigs, their big money endorsement events, all because they confessed, or in some cases didn't confess, and just want us to get over it and move on because they didn't have a choice, right? They want forgiveness, and so this got me thinking here. You know, th this is what I'm thinking of during this entire conference, two days. Forgiveness is defined as the intentional voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feelings and attitudes regarding an offense, lets go of negative emotions with an increased ability to wish the offender well. In other words, I'm supposed to get over it and let them move on. 
I'm supposed to deal with the stigma my sport is now associated with. I'm supposed to believe that since everyone was doing it, it's all okay. Fuck, man, everybody's you know growing beards and wearing man buns, and that is not okay. So let's say I forgive. What happens? Does the doper learn? If so, what do they learn? Do they learn that crime pays? Shouldn't the punishment fit the crime? Shouldn't all accused and found guilty face the same punishment? Regardless of their level on the scale of assholedom? I guess that forgiveness isn't really for the offender, as it's stated. It's for the victim. I'll try to forgive. I won't go to their events. Probably won't have them as guests on the show. I won't buy their stuff or believe them, but I'll try to move on. For me, I I guess I'll try to empathize with them. To understand that sometimes some people just don't get it, I guess. They hurt others because they can't empathize. I know it's got me thinking that I'm supposed to be on some higher plane or higher level, but I, I guess I do. Unless there's a motor involved, that shit pisses me off, but that's a whole nother topic. The difference here is between forgiveness and reconciliation, wouldn't you think? And I'm not going all religious on you. I guess I can forgive these people because I can move on, I can let go of it, but I can't reconcile with them or support them. So here are the questions uh, that we all have to come across when it comes to these people doing this and continuing to do this. How many times can I forgive before I give up? I know several people who are so burnt out on the elite level of the sport because they're tired of forgiving. How can I forgive someone who's benefiting from their wrongdoing? I'm not going to name any names. I don't have to name any names. There are a lot of people who are still doing okay after doing these, not not crimes, well, maybe crimes. Is their request for forgiveness truly genuine? Is is their request truly genuine? Or is it just because they got caught? Are they even asking? So there's my religious tie-in. Forgiveness. I guess we all just have to find a way to move on. Enjoy what we have. Our own little piece of the pie. Understand that it's not necessarily going to go away, at least not immediately. And either continue to move on but not reconcile or reconcile. Something to think about. There you go. There's my my deep thought for you guys for the day. Well, I was sitting there in a two-day conference talking about forgiveness. I thought about bike riding. It's going to be 50 degrees on Monday here. I'm going to go ride. Frank Strock. Strack, Strock. I gotta ask him that. Freaking great guy. He's been on the show a couple times before. But definitely was worth having on again. Especially for some of you who are new to the show who've not yet experienced all that is Villaminati. Villaminati.com. So, should we do it? Should we go listen to Frank? Yeah. All right, everybody. Although today's guest has been on the show before, he has. I think this is his third appearance. It's high time he was on again. If you're a roadie, chances are you've been subjected to the rules, either directly or indirectly. The rules are uh, what forms a person from some schmuck riding a bike to what can be classified as a cyclist. 
I don't know if he was the creator or just the messenger for some higher power. We're going to get religious on you. But um, through his work with creation of Velominati.com to the content therein, we can all be thankful, entertained, and forewarned. And something is going on in the background of his house, but please welcome back to the pack filler, Frank Strack, creator of Velominati.com. How are you, man? I am very well, and I apologize. I have dogs and everything else in this house. So, Don't yeah. worry. Mine's in the studio no with kids. me here. No kids. <laughs> okay. No Good. screaming kids. I can guarantee that. <laughs> well, right on, man. I'm, you know, I have a, a very chatty pit bull, though, that might start uh, you have a, engaging in this conversation. You have a pit bull? Jesus. Well, yeah, I've got a pit bull. You're one of those? Don't, oh, bl- <laughs> wait, wait. Blame the breeder, not the breed, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the, the owner, not the breed. Yeah, 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 no, she's, yeah. A, she's a she's a pit bull greyhound mix, and she kicks ass. She's everything that the rules embody. Rule five, everything else you can think of. A pit bull greyhound mix. I, I'm just trying to envision that. It's just got to be a so, a really fast. Is, it somebody who's yeah. really fast and pissed off. <laughs> no, she's just really fast. <laughs> That's basically what it comes down fast to. Fast and pissed off. Did you name her? Did you name her Lance? Just <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, I named her Evie, and oh. that's uh, possibly a reference to Evie Stevens. Okay, okay, that'll work. Well, before she's not pissed off, though, from what I can tell, Evie is never pissed off. So well, that's but what, she's fast. That's the pit bull stereotype, though. So I just had to roll with it. <laughs> Right. Before before you and I de evolve into dog talk and stuff like that, um I you know, I've I've got some, some listeners who are new to all this and stuff like that and might not have listened back to our episodes in the past and 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 get an idea of what's going on with uh the Velominati and how that all came to be. Give us a quick quiz if you could do like a reader's digest version of how this whole thing came to be. Okay, so uh, the Illuminati, um, loosely based on the Illuminati, uh, this kind of <laughs> this this idea around um, the culture and the history and kind of the deeper meaning behind cycling, um, and that's that's really where the whole thing came around from. Uh, this kind of a desire to to really honestly, it, it was spawned from Ruler Magazine. Um, there were some issues there where it's like they, they spent like two entire issues talking about how to glue a tubular tire onto a rim. It was like, <laughs> I was like, these people are onto the right idea. And so it, it's kind of, you know, kind of delving into all the bigger, deeper subtleties of the sport and why it's such an incredible and beautiful sport. Um, and that's really, that's Bologna. It's just, uh, you know, just really paying attention to, why this is the most incredible sport. Um, today's article or yesterday's article is a good example of that. Just talking about how beautiful it is to have a clean bike and kind of what it, what it means to us as cyclists to actually spend time cleaning our bike and how good it feels to get on a clean bike rather than a dirty bike. Um, and the little, you know, the little deeper meeting that, that comes from that. Um, I think that's a great example of, of what we are as a cycling culture um, and what Volmati is. Now, well, and plus, chain ring marks in your inner calf makes you look like a freaking a- <laughs> asshole. So, body. yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, and I'm going to be harsh, but, but you know, you and I were talking a little bit earlier about some of the things about what how it's been interpreted. And this, the site, especially the rules, are what I consider – um, kind of a road cyclist Bible, um, and and you know, and serious and not serious, okay. But has this site developed? Were, were the rules first? What came first, the chicken or the egg? Here was were the rules something you said, okay, we got to do this and make and form a site around it, or did it start as some sort of a blog talking about the beauty of the sport and then the rules evolved after that? Yeah, so it is a chicken and the egg situation. Um, there was uh, a strong so. You know, when I founded it, I, I collected a, a couple of like-minded cyclist writers uh, who wanted to participate, um, and it, it, we very quickly started kind of focusing somehow through the chemistry of the of the five of us, kind of on this deeper meaning, right? Kind of this this kind of this real deep love for the sport and and the un and, and really the unwritten code that we have as cyclists. 
how do you wear your cap? Yeah. Um, what do you do with your with your sunglasses? Do you wear your helmet inside? Which, by the way, is not a rule yet. Oh, uh, but shit. it's been brought up many, many times. Uh, or in your car no, you on the way to the work. Uh, in your car on the way to the race. I've seen guys pull up to races with it on <laughs> and strapped. No, yeah. you don't do that. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> this is the perfect time for a cycling cap. Right? <laughs> This is what the cap was invented for. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, and we, we very quickly devolved into sort of this, this this talk about, you know, what do you do, what don't you do, like, you know, distributing the code to people. And, and Brett uh, wrote an article about something that he had been talking about with his friends, uh, and that was the rules, right? And you, and, and none, of the, none of their rules were ever written down. It was just... Uh, certain things you do do you do do, and certain things you don't do, um, and they refer to them as, as the rules. Okay. Uh, my dad used to, when I was growing up and and studying the way Greg LeMond wore his sunglasses and all that stuff, he's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, Frank. You've got the pro look, right? So I always <laughs> referred in my life. I re- always referred to it as the pro look. Okay. Um, and and so when when Brett wrote that article on the rules, it was, you know, kind of a, a, a light bulb went off and it was like, well, we've got to document the rules, right? This is actually the right nomenclature for this. Um, so we put up a page and we started just listing off what we thought the rules were. Um, and it, it really isn't anything that we invented. We, we're not necessarily bringing our own um, opinions into this. It's, it's really more just kind of trying to filter the, the culture and the history and the do's and the don'ts uh, from this huge, like, 100-year um, catalog of, of what's right and what's wrong in cycling. And, uh, and we just try to write them down, and hopefully we got some of them right. Is um, now I I hear people quote them all the time. In fact, before I even met you through this this show and had you on the first time, um, I was coming on the show and talking about things cyclists should and shouldn't do. And somebody said, "Well, dipshit, somebody's already did it." You know, it's like Simpsons <laughs> did it. And so I I went over to your site, found it all, and went, "Oh my god!" And and ever since, I always hear people who I never thought would have necessarily been a follower um, quote them quote especially obviously rule five. Um, but while they're clearly violating other ones at the same time, I mean, I'll, somebody will come up to me with, with arm warmers and a sleeveless skin suit on and an arrow oh, helmet no. on a training ride telling me to harden the fuck up. And <laughs> d- d- does it bother you guys in any way when you, when you see people, you know, violating so many and then quoting and then breaking the rules? Uh, yes and no. I'm going to, I'm going to, Take a soft pass on that one. So, <laughs> so, so what, what, what bothers me more than anything is people being an asshole to other people. Okay. Um, and then especially using the rules as a means for doing that, right? So the, the rules are meant to inspire a passion for cycling. It's, a, it's supposed to foster the same kind of love um, for the sport that, that we, uh, the keepers, all feel, right? It's, yeah. It's, uh, we're supposed, you know, we're supposed to as cyclists all kind of build this community and and bring more people into the sport and show them the beauty of the sport. And honestly, one of my biggest pleasures and privileges through Velominati has has been able to even share, um, you know, share this like when somebody who doesn't even ride a bike tells me that they love the book, that makes me happy wow. to hear then you know, that makes me happier than David Miller telling me that he thinks that the rules are awesome. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's about, it's about bringing these people in and showing them this beauty of this, of this world. Uh, so, so what upsets me the most is people that use the rules kind of, I don't want to use this word too strongly, but to say, to, to use it as a weapon to, um, to be snobby and to judge other people uh, when really the intent is to say, Hey, here's this really incredible sport. There's tons of complexity to it. And, you know, even if you're not a cyclist, there's still something to love about this. Well, you know, it's, I always find, and, and the word elitist tends to be, 
used um, when it comes to people talking about some road cyclists. But but sometimes I'll find that the people higher up in road cycling who, you know, through their results, through their careers, through their just time spent on the saddle, many times the people who have been with it longer are less elitist than the people who have been with it with at a short time. And and I'm I'm just wondering, are are some of these people who are going around spouting the you know and and do you guys get stuck with that stigma now about being these elitists who've established these rules because rule is a, a a tough term I mean it's it is a rule it is it is set in stone thou shalt not kill you know and, you know <laughs> do you guys get people going why are you guys being such uptight assholes who don't necessarily get the joke is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I think you can get a lot of that. I think it's part of the it's part of the territory. So um, the rules are actually, you know, I think they tend to be the most dogmatic to the newest comers to the sport, right? I think it's it, it's something that's kind of it's an easy code to follow, um, and so I, I think they tend to take it a little bit more seriously. I think um, one of the great Great things that, especially people who wind up kind of becoming part of the community, um, we have this, this concept of, of the sensei, the cycling sensei that Marco brought, and the cycling pedal one, which Marco also brought. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and, and it's this idea of, of the leader, right, and the and the student. And I think to to expand on that whole kind of Star Wars analogy even farther. I think all of us are always pedal ones for as long as we'll live. Yeah. But we might take on a, uh, you know, we might take on a sensei role for somebody who's even more junior. And I think that's the biggest thing that we can do as a community is really take responsibility for teaching others, whether they're cyclists, whether they're pros, you know, what, whoever, whatever level they're, they're at, um, you know, take somebody on and try to teach them about the sport and then never be too proud to have somebody who's better than you take you on as a student, right? Um, I'm a pretty experienced cyclist myself. Uh, I'm just getting my first track bike actually, uh, it's being built by Don Walker, who I think he spoke to last week. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm super, super thrilled and I've got a great local, um, elite track racer Matt Hellman, who's uh, kind of taking me on as his pedal one in track racing, right? And and my big goal is is for June seventeenth is to to do a very good ride on uh, just on the track for an hour. Uh, not, I'm not going for an hour record, but I'm just I'm doing an Eddie Merckx's honor. I'm doing a, a very hard and serious ride for an hour to see how far I can get. Um, you know, and so I'm completely taking him on as my sensei on this yeah. because I don't really know the first thing about riding or certainly racing on the track. Um, you know, and, and so these guys are, are taking me under their wing and, and Don is instructing me kind of on what geometry I want on the bike based on what my road geometry is. And Matt is starting to talk me through what sort of preparation I should be doing. It's January, well, fuck, it's February. <laughs> um, you know, he's taking me through these, through these different things. You know, you should be this heavy right now and you should be doing this sort of, oh, of training and, and it's really fun and I don't know anything about it. I know a lot about cycling, but I'm humble enough to know that I don't know what this is about. Um, and so I'm taking on an instructor, but I think that's really the spirit of Illuminati, right? Is, is always look for somebody who's better than you and let them teach you. And and you find that it's it's predominantly a group like that these these people who are out, I guess misrepresent misrepresenting. Um, are they a, a a minority or because I'm finding it in other groups, not just my time spent reading and following what you guys are doing, but I'm also seeing it in other groups. I'm seeing it in other events where people are going, "Oh, damn it, it was better in the old days," you know, back when this was a small group, you know. Ah, oh, you can't believe you assholes are doing. I'm seeing it on Zwift chat rooms, you know, and it's like, Jesus Christ, this is an <laughs> online game. Um, but. I, I do find that it, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's because my age demographic is getting closer to theirs that I'm seeing it more often, but I, I do see it quite a bit. Yeah, and I actually we, we get that same comment 
um, I've been getting it more and more um, on Womanati itself saying, you know, we, uh, you know, I used to love this place when it was smaller. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it, <laughs> Honestly, if you want to, if you want to keep that spirit alive, then you as a, as a member of the community um, have a responsibility to keep that spirit alive. Yeah. Right? It's, you, you can't do it as one or five people. Um, that's really, if you want to keep that kind of jovial, small community feel, then, you know, you've got to step up and keep joking the way you were joking and not let the fact that there are more people now, um, include that. But other than that, you know, there's not much I can do with it's not block traffic. Yeah. It's, it's not a fucking indie music scene, man. The, the bands are still cool <laughs> even when they sign to the labels here. So. Um, yeah, how, right. Exactly. That's yeah. that's, uh, and I'm guilty of it myself. Deer Tick, this this band Deer Tick from Rhode Island. I I love those guys, and they were so small and indie. And you know, I saw them at these tiny little clubs, and now they're bigger. And and I feel kind of <laughs> like I like they've taken over like this little area that I thought was cool. Big Atom of the Monsters is, is another yeah, one, yeah. right? And it's like, you know, and it's like. Ah, I kind of want to hate them because they're big and, and popular, but at the same time, you know, it's not their fault and they're just yeah. successful because they're good. You're like so. a French guy in the back of the pub with your with your PBR and your cigarette and your sunglasses going, oh, fuck, they were better before they got big. Yeah. <laughs> Assholes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw them when nobody came. I saw them when nobody came. And now look at them. They're making house payments and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, okay. Well, you, you know, have an excellent French accent. Thank you. I've, I've been I've been working on clustering your your cigarette around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have all of the attitude. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> now, I I have actually speaking of since you guys have grown in such immense numbers, um, I'm starting to see. For example, I, I found a, a business that wanted to follow me on Twitter that was named after a rule. Um, I'm not going to name their names or something like that, but um, do people check in with you on this kind of shit? Or, or is this just something that they just go, hey, we are, you know, we're rule five or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, you might have just mentioned their name. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah. So, so, <laughs> yeah. No, they they don't they don't check in. Um, they might check in. There's a ton of email traffic that comes into my inbox personally. Oh, okay. Um, um, you know, so things aren't always seen. But um, yeah, you know, uh, um, if you don't want to comment, really you don't overall, have to. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. I'll, I'll comment on it. But it's overall, it's really shocking to me personally how many people are comfortable just kind of taking some of these ideas that we've that we put out there um you know without without pride or prejudice that we put our heart and soul into um and just taking it for their own and and um and you know it's flattering uh, on on one level, certainly, absolutely. Yeah. Um, also, at the same time, it's, it's just amazing to see how willing people are to take our ideas um, and and build something off of that themselves without really checking in and, and seeing what's going on. Okay. Overall, right. I would say we're very supportive of of um, anybody who's trying to do the same thing that we are. Um, just for the record, uh, like there's a, there's a, up on top of the Stelvio, there's a, a cafe that has completely branded themselves head to toe with Bolomenati. Um, they never asked permission. Wow. <laughs> uh, they just basically painted their walls and our logos and, what? and the rules and all, all sorts of other things. And, but they're completely doing what we try to do. Right. So it's, it's totally fine. And at, uh, when we finally discovered it, you know, we all kind of just came to an, an agreement of, you know, yeah, we're all trying to do the same thing. Thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, but then you've got somebody who's really trying to make a profit off something and really trying to do something that's not, uh, not that we're opposed to profit, but, uh, you know, not, not in accordance with sort of our ethos. Um, yeah. and that's much more difficult. And that, yeah. that's where, you know, where we're start to take a, a, a stronger stance. Okay. 
Okay, I mean, yeah, and I, I didn't mean to bring up bad blood, but I, I, I've been seeing it, and no, I'm kind of going, I've been going, what the fuck? This is, really? No, no, they wrote it. I'm pretty sure they wrote it, but yeah, so yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah, with, with, with that in mind, you know, I'm going to change the name of my podcast to, uh, you know, Campagnolo <laughs> or something like that, or, you know, just find something, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. the old Roubaix discussion we had a couple of years back. Right, and, uh, and that's... Uh, some things you can own and some things you can't, and it it just comes down to you know being respectful and um, honestly, most of the time that we, that we run into something, for the most part, they're you know the people are super cool people. They're just small business owners and they're just trying to do something yeah. interesting, and it, it winds up being a non-issue. Yeah. Um, you occasionally have somebody who you know is just not. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Not on the same page. And yeah. honestly, they're usually the people that are the farthest from the brand message anyway. So yeah. it's, um, you know, it kind of, it's the natural way of things. Especially if they're quoting something incorrectly, like you know, a, a di- completely different rule, and you're like, "On, no, that's the one talking about the third eye that's on your sunglasses right now, and you look like a dipshit." So don't call it that rule, you know, brand rearview mirrors or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about talk about your numbers i mean the the book was gigantic that that is that was that last year or has it been two years already it's been a couple of years Holy we released shit. it in the uk in 2012 uh we we released it in the states in 2013 uh we did a a complete revisioning of it uh last year with ruler my favorite magazine um and we, it's actually, it's much, it's called in the UK. I don't think they exist here in the States. There's this thing called a bookazine and it's basically a large format, soft cover book, um, full color, wow. like photographs. And, um, we put that on, that's been a really, really cool project. Wow. Um, because, and, and you get the, the ruler guys who are completely in phase with us. Right. And they put all these pictures in and then they had to put all the captions in. And, you know, obviously we had to go through and approve the captions and all that, but like there was maybe one caption that I changed. Like their, their sense of humor about the whole thing wow. is so in phase that it was like, you know, and, and, and having the big pictures, the big color photos and, you know, the sarcastic captions to them, just kind of adds this extra dimension of humor to the whole book that I think is exactly what we're always looking for and kind of what we feel in our hearts when we talk about the rules. So that's, that's been something that I've been really excited about um, and really happy about how that project worked out. Well, obviously the reception's going well because every time I see something about you online, you're hopping all over the world like J.K. friggin' Rowling, man. You're... you're <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm going to go to the, you know, World Trade Convention or something like that. No, here I am with Eddie Merckx. No big deal. <laughs> like, oh, fuck, I'm in my basement freezing my ass off, and you're out there hobnobbing with the pros. This is the craziest thing, and it's, to be clear, they don't pay me to do any of this. Yo, yeah. uh, None of us are in it for the money. You get invited to do it. 
Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, you know, yeah, you know, um, the people at the Ruler Classic uh, in November in London, uh, the people that I got to hang out with, and you were talking about your own concept kind of around the rules, and actually I was having drinks with both of Bjorn Reese's sons, uh, and they were sitting there talking to me, and they are like, well, yeah, you know, my dad came home from a ride and was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a book about the rules of cycling. <laughs> and... And this kid's like, ah, sorry, Dad. Simpsons did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's a it's a it's a funny world to to kind of fall into, and it's um it's such a huge privilege, and I don't I don't really know how it happened. Uh, certainly never set out to do anything like that, but uh, I'm going to London tomorrow um, <laughs> to to have four days at the four days speaking at the London Bike Show. Um, and then I'll be at Mavs in Sacramento the last weekend of February. So, all right. I don't yeah. know. Jeez. It's okay. Happened. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to work tomorrow, <laughs> and, then, and then then I'm going to come back I, here I and I have a full time job, by the yeah. way, which is not cycling. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is basically like murder on relationships. Yeah. <laughs> everything absolutely. everything below Minotti is just basically just suck for everything else. <laughs> So, um, I, you know, just kind of jumping around about here. Um, and I've had people ask me about um, Velominati in terms of other cycling disciplines. You're talking about track. Um, how about how about off-road? How about um, triathlon? Things like that. Um, are there applicable rules? Are there excuses? exclusions from the rules do they or is this are you guys i mean i'm i'm saying this as kind of a, a, a trying to separate myself you know because i do follow those site and i know the articles um do you guys think about or cover about any other disciplines and do they do they matter <laughs> of course they matter yeah um so i i i'm personally of the of the belief that you should um well Triathlon might not be the in the same category, but um, <laughs> I've always been a mountain biker. Um, I race cyclocross. Yeah, um, I, I ride a lot of gravel. In fact, uh, my biggest objective for besides the hour on the track uh, this year is going to be to do well at the what's called the Heck of the North. It's up in uh, Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, it's this this hundred mile gravel kind of epic race which is it's so much fun it's like it's it's a lot of gravel roads and then they connect oh. the the different gravel roads um by a single track or uh dual track oh, you know wow. off-road riding and so it's 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 super technical it's super super tough uh, just a really really fun race uh, and and so those are sort of those are the kinds of races that i'm really as i'm getting older um, and loving more and more, um, you know, but it's, it's, I, I fully believe to quote Darth Sidious, <laughs> <laughs> the most evil man in the empire that in order to understand the great mystery, you have to, you have to study all its aspects. Right. And I think, um, that's a, you know, just cause he's a, oh, I can't say that word. Just because he's a jerk. Yeah, you Doesn't can. I that, have an explicit uh, rating, by the way. Yeah, I have an explicit <laughs> rating, by the way. There, the children, okay, the, right. children have gone to so bed already. Because he's a cunt doesn't mean that he's wrong. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Were you expecting me to say that word? Yeah. No, I just <laughs> okay, have to. Good. No, yeah. I just have to mark on the tape where that word was said and <laughs> add your name to my blacklist over here. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> No, so you tempted me, man. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but, but but the point is, uh, you know, just because it's not your discipline doesn't mean it's not good for you, right? And, and it's, I think riding off road, I think riding uh, cyclocross, all these things bring really, really good um, aspects of training to your to your cycling. And I think even the you know I, I ride the it's winter time here in Seattle, and so. I don't have as much time during the day to ride, so I'm actually riding the trainers way more than I would like to. But the the fact is, even riding the trainer, I notice that I'm much more supple and smooth on the on the bike when yeah. I'm on the road. 
And so all these different things really make us better cyclists. So go ride whatever bike you can find. Just go ride it. And uh, do the rules apply? I don't know. Um, always look good. Always try to be as stylish as you can, obviously, <laughs> on the bike. Yeah. Uh, right? So from that perspective, the rules apply. But uh, different rules apply. When I race the heck of the north, in in uh, in Duluth, I'll ride it with a Camelback because it's 200 kilometers of unsupported racing. Yeah. And uh, last time I did it, by the way, both of my bidons came flying out of my cages on a on a rough section of road, <laughs> and I wasn't going back for them. And I was really glad I had a backpack full of water. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, be classy, keep it cool, um, don't go being totally ridiculous but uh the rules really apply to road racing road cycling um that's it's based in that culture apply what makes sense to the other sports you do um but yeah they don't necessarily apply um you you talked about your your types of races have changed um, at this point in your cycling career. Um, I've been at the same crossroads for quite a bit, um, and in fact, and and you know, like I said, comment as much as you want to, but uh, I'm I'm at the point of disenchantment with a lot of of traditional road events, especially within my region. Um, I'm finding that um, it's becoming the same people, the same courses, the same events it's becoming um there's a huge thing going on with usa cycling right now in terms of liability and 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 the inability to have road races anymore because of insurance problems and cars and all this kind of stuff um what are your thoughts on the state of road cycling right now if you have any um racing i think think my my thoughts are pretty restricted um i think criteriums are really manufactured for an audience. Yeah. Um, and they're not manufactured for a cyclist, right. Um, or an athlete. It's, it's a very short route. It's very, you know, a lot of turning left or a lot of turning right, depending on which way the crit is is set up. Um, it's not my favorite. I think it's, it's similar to the Kermis in, uh, in Belgium, which is again, a very popular in the Netherlands very popular um, kind of crowd-happy format of racing. I also think it's the least interesting kind of road racing that happens. To me, an interesting road race is, you know, 300 kilometers, uh, you know, where it's the, the last hour of racing is where everybody is, the, the, the pin yeah. has been buried already. Yeah. And you've just got people who are, you know, just struggling along and now it's really down to who's got some, some stomach to them, right? Who's, who's going to really do something interesting. Um, and that's to me, um, the road racing scene and the criterion racing scene has lost that spirit. Uh, I think the pro racing scene in, in Europe still has it. Um, you know, but they've got the doping to kind of level that out for them. Um, and then, you know, I think, honestly, I think that's, that's the big appeal for me into the gravel racing scene is this is kind of the new era where you're, you're on a, basically a road bike. Maybe it has cross tires, but you're basically in a road position and you're killing yourself for hours and hours and hours. Um, and then it comes down to goat time and let's see who's, let's see who's got on the left. And, um, that's what's fun to me is um, I was a ski racer and it, it, ski racing was Nordic ski racing. It yeah. was, it, it's always been very much about who's the strongest racer. And if you're the strongest, probably you'll win. Um, what's beautiful about bike racing is that's true too, but you're, you also have to be a little bit smart. Um, and I, I feel like these new races are kind of bringing that out in the American scene because I think the American the American scene is a little too conservative. The forty five minute, the hour criterion doesn't bring out the strongest rider. Um, the 
four-hour gravel grind brings out a strong rider. Yeah. And and you you did of course mention the, the you know the big black mark on our sports history right now in terms of the doping and then <laughs> you and I were talking on uh, through just texting back and forth in terms of our our most recent form of of wonderful mm-hmm. doping uh, the mechanical doping um, and I loved some of your thoughts and and I you know if you don't mind even even kind of delving into it and then talking about that again. Um, your thoughts on, on mechanical doping, how long it's been in existence, and what do you think the punishment would be for riders who are caught? <laughs> so, uh, okay, so I'll work backwards there. So how long has it been around? Fuck, it's probably, I mean, it depends on how you, how you define it. Yeah. Carbon wheels are probably mechanical doping. Um, ceramic bearings were probably mechanical doping, right? So it's it's really really hard to say. But it's not propelling the bike. What's that? It's not propelling the bike though. It's the... not propelling the bike, yeah, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And and so I think that's where there's there's a guy on the site, Chris O, who really I think crystallized the difference, and it's introducing an external power source. Okay. Yeah. Um, and of course he's very extreme about this. And so he says electronic shifting already is doping. Um, oh, wow. and so it, but it's, it's, it holds true to that, to that edict, right? External power source. So now you've got a battery, um, and you're, you're no longer completely reliant on a mechanical system to go fast. So, <laughs> um, I think, I honestly think that might be the gold standard, um, I think I disagree logically with the notion that um, that electronic shifting is doping. Yeah. And quite honestly, I love the idea of the whole ceramic shift that, and the double paddle thing. Did he say that? <laughs> did he say that from his perch high atop his Brooks saddle? <laughs> he did actually. He has a Brooks saddle. He totally said that from his Brooks saddle. You're absolutely right. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Good job. I didn't even prepare that. for that. I didn't even prepare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I think that that's really so electronic doping. So I have I have historically had a pretty loose uh, stance on doping. Really, it's uh, it's not influenced my love for cycling at all. Um, Pantani is still one of my favorite cyclists. Yeah. Um, I, with or without doping, I always hated Armstrong, right? It didn't really <laughs> change. Ulrich was one of my favorite riders ever. Like doping has never really changed how I feel about cyclists. And I'll admit that freely. Um, I think what's really challenging is with mechanical doping, well, with, with, with physical doping, it's a very slippery, slippery slope. I think you slip into taking vitamins. And even during the Super Bowl, they're saying, you know, these guys are taking extra injections yeah. during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? Well, what are they injecting? Yeah. Um, I don't you know, know they're, 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 the commentators are saying this, right? Like, this is pretty yeah. open. You got to ask Peyton like, Manning's well, wife because she's got all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's uh, this injection thing, and, and David Miller was the, was the first cyclist to be very, very hard on injections. And if you've read his book, he's a doper. Yeah. He'll admit that. Uh, if you've read his book, he says, you know, at a certain point, he was, you know, he was very hard on not taking anything intravenously and then all of a sudden he started just taking, you know, B vitamins through an injection because it's fast yeah. or whatever. And, and that was kind of his gateway into doping. And, um, I think this whole slippery slope of, of doping is easy to get into. Um, I was, I'll, I'll say I was, I was thinking I was going to be in the Olympics in crossover ski racing. Um, it, that, didn't work out, but if it would have, um, I don't know if somebody would have turned to me at some point and said, "Oh, you want to you you want to win this race? Then this yeah. is what you do: you take these inductions." Um, I don't know what I would have said. I, w- I would have been 18. 
I would have given up my college degree. Yeah. Um, I would have walked away from everything that had a viable future and put it all into this one thing that maybe had some possibility of a future. Uh, I don't know what I would have done. So um, I hope I would have done the right thing and said, no, I'm not going to take drugs and I'm going to win on my own merit. I really, really hope that. And I think there's a part of me that believes that. But what would I have done? I don't know. So from that perspective, I take a pretty lenient stance on these young kids who are giving up their, you know, a viable livelihood to go pursue their passion. And I don't know what that world looks like. So I give them a pass. Yeah. At the point where you say, I'm going to put a motor in my bike. <laughs> I think you really cross a you really cross a line, right? That's that's no longer culpability. That's no longer oh, you know what? It was B vitamins one day and a motor the next day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like okay, yeah. Now you're an asshole, yeah. and you should fuck off. So, <laughs> yeah. so to me, it's cheating is cheating. You know, cheating is cheating. Fine. I'll, I, I, I grant you that, you know, at the, but nothing is black and white. Everything is gray and that's where everything interesting in life happens. So motorized doping is in gray area. Honestly, I think you're in a much blacker gray. Yeah, <laughs> with that. Yeah. I think you're really stepping into a whole different area where you're saying, yeah, you know what? I'm going to just, I don't really care. I'm just going to put a motor in my bike. Fuck it, I'm not training. I'm sponsored by <laughs> sponsored by Harley Davidson, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Um, no, and and I just and I've been, you know, I I've seen the 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 videos floating around on YouTube of of uh, Ryder Heshtalt, you know, with a with his bike his and wheel. his crash and his wheel still spinning. I've seen yep. another one of a Movistar rider doing something like that, and you know, and um, mm. you know, my eyebrows went up, but I. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, I, and even when, when the Lance days, I was one of the last people, I was saying, no, he didn't, no, he's, no, he didn't, and then, oh, shit, you know, and so <laughs> I guess, I, I don't know, I got I to just keep hoping hoping and hoping, but now that, you know, when when they're actually starting to find these these things inside C-tubes, and they're talking about those wheels with, uh, you know, carbon wheels with some sort of a magnet set up in them, I guess, that can self-propel and... Um, it, it pissing me off. And at what point, at what point does the punishment just have to be that severe that these guys aren't going to do it anymore? I, I think, honestly, I think at, at the external power source, it's pretty clear. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's earlier. Um, I think the, the, the moral problem I have with imposing that sort of judgment on, uh, the cyclist directly is I think that, um, and this is true with the with the mechanized doping too, and even more so. Uh, the problem is that it's a bigger network, and it's not one person saying, "I'm going to do a line of coke today on race day, <laughs> so I'm extra fast." Yeah, right. It's 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 a whole network of people, um, and the and the challenge I have is, why are we looking at the athlete? At the athlete, because it's. The, the athlete is the obvious person to look at, but it's really the whole network, it's especially with this mechanized doping, right? Yeah. Now now you've got a mechanic. Now you've got yeah. probably a team leader, if not the team manager, saying, put a motor in this bike. Now you've got this whole big expanse of people who are culpable. And why are we looking at just the cyclist who's really the person with the least power in this entire network. Shit. That's a great point. I, 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 you know, the mechanics coming into it. And then obviously, I mean, it's not just something a rider can go, Oh, drop this into my C tube and off we go. You know, yeah, it has to be. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot more than that. And Holy shit. You know? Yeah. Now you're talking about pulling back the curtain and, and revealing a lot more people involved. Yeah. It's like Millie Vanilli of cycling. <laughs> <laughs> it is Millie Vanilli in second. It's like Super Bowl 50s halftime 
show. Oh God! Yeah, poor, <laughs> I felt so sorry for the the poor, poor Coldplay guys. It's like, hey, we got the oh shit, they brought on Beyonce and Bruno Mars because we're not fun enough. By Be- the way, can I say that Bruno Mars can move? He can. Shit, yeah. <laughs> that guy can fucking move. Guy's got some cardio. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh. been doing a Zumba, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, doesn't he do P90X, meet a really nice girl, have some really nice sex? Wasn't that uh, that was one of his lyrics? <laughs> Shit, that was that was in my long-term memory. I want to apologize to everybody for that being in my long-term memory. Fuck. I'm sorry that you actually remember a Bruno Mars lyric. I could have had something far better I'm happy stored. To say there. I don't. Oh god. Hey, um, okay, before before we before I cut you off, you got to go to freaking London tomorrow, you asshole. Um, <laughs> now, I, I do want to mention this because this is a very important part of my podcast. Um, it, specifically in, in the rules, you mentioned the importance of beer and coffee. Um, and mm. I would like to know your personal choices before and after rides. Speaking of doping, the legalized doping for us, the average cyclist. So I am very, very proud of my Ranchilio Rocky and my Ranchilio Silva espresso machine. Yeah, you do this stuff at home. Fact, I'm, I'm standing in front of them right here. Oh. Woo. <laughs> These babies. So I bought them. I, I bought both of them in 2003. They've held through for me all the way to today. And I love those, those, that coffee, man. It is, I get my, uh, my beans from, a local roaster, and I am a happy monkey. <laughs> and after that, beer-wise, um, I've got to say Fremont IPA, Inner Urban IPA. It's a local beer right down the hill from where I live. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, I'm happy to hear that because here I am. I'm, I'm late to the IPA phase, I have to admit. A couple Ooh. of years ago, I was talking on the podcast about how IPA tasted like um, a, a bad earwax from from somebody that was uh, you know a, a lady of the evening um and, and yeah and and now i'm sl- i can't get enough of them and so i'm glad to hear they're still mildly at least popular because every i have people going to me going oh shit dude that's ipas are so old now we're drinking you know i don't know fucking belgians or something like that but uh no i'm glad to hear so that i was like session ipas which is like a shitty version of an ipa um, okay Good. So IPAs actually came. So there's the, the the English pale ale, and they had to ship that shit to India, <laughs> and it would spoil. But hops is a preservative, so they would add extra hops just to preserve the beer on the way over to India for whatever it was, six months or however long it took them to ship a fucking boat down there and maybe it would get sunk going around the Cape of Good Hope, right? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, it, and that's where IPAs came from there. That's why it's called India Pale Ale is it was extra hops into a normal pale ale to preserve it for the long voyage. Oh my God. Okay. You know about, you were, you, you helped pen the rules and you just taught me something about beer. I never even have known. I am your pedal wand. Show me master. And I promise I will not scream at you while you have the high ground. And I will act better than Hayden Christensen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Shit. Oh my God. The, the, folks who listen to this show just got a, a lesson they never even thought they would get. <laughs> well, Rock, as I said earlier in the show, I've had you on, I think this is our third time or something like that, but it's always fun to, to catch up with you, man. And, um, and for people who are living in a cave, the website's Um The Seattle Rondex coming up. I don't, man, I just looked at, I'm looking at the website right now. Holy shit, that's in a couple weeks. I hope you make it. I hope you oh, make it. You God. made it last time. Yeah, I, you weren't there when I cramped halfway up a hill, and I had to actually, I had 
don't tell anybody, even though I'm saying it on my podcast. I had to dismount, man. I, I was just like, <laughs> and it was cobbles, and I'm sliding back on my cleats, just going, fuck, 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 fuck. And I was sliding down the hill, and I was going, this is not good. And and I was, oh, God, I was so glad I didn't have any identifying characteristics so people could go, oh, that's that asshole. Man, what a poser. It was a brutal ride, maybe, man. Maybe you did. I probably yeah, you just yeah. Don't know. yeah exactly yeah that's why my listenership is up so much <laughs> well thanks for coming on it would man. be great to see you again yeah it would be and i i hopefully am going to be there and i'm going to stay for beers next time so okay right on well have a safe trip man and um if people want to find the book obviously it's on the website you've got the gear you've got all that kind of stuff and guys if you're not involved in it 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 is it is a fun culture and obviously one to enjoy but not take overly seriously to the point where you're being an asshole right (laughs) exactly right right on well thanks man well cheers this is a lot of fun thanks god i love talking to frank the guy's funny he laughs. He has a good time. He gets the joke, and hopefully you guys do too. Get over to velominati.com. It doesn't cost anything to be a part of that group, and you feel immediately cooler the more you're involved with the group. I, I No, really, you do. They're all pretty cool guys. They're all pretty tongue-in-cheek, and, and it's like it's like I said to another one. It's like getting to sit at the cool table at lunch, and that's that's how I feel, so, so there you go. Hey, thanks, you guys, for listening to this episode. Be sure and keep the reviews coming. I love the love. And be sure and uh, check out our sponsors, of course, including VeloJerseys.com, as mentioned at the onset of the show. I got a jersey from them coming here in the mail. I'll let you know what I think of it. It's going to be pretty darn cool. We will talk to you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 